When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It uh, is a new theme Thursday, but the theme of new theme Thursday is 512 Friday because actually it is a Friday for us because it's our last show of uh, the week before we celebrate Good Friday and the Easter weekend. Yay, yay. Um, Good Friday on Friday, all about celebrating live and local, uh, showing some love to all the very talented human beings who uh, really uh, showcase their talent in the live music capital of the world here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Brittany Lobus, and she is playing Saturday at the Pershing. All right, there you go. Uh, if you missed uh, some of those selections for 512 Friday, uh, my man Patrick always gets some posted for you at hornfm.com. You can go check that out as well. All right, we'll give you a Masters update. I believe they're close to finishing up for the day, Harge. We'll give them a little bit of time it does. to let them, it does. Um, let them get the, uh, the last uh, stragglers off the course. But uh, most of the golfers at the Masters are done for the day. So we'll get you a leaders board update here, a uh, leaderboard update, I should say, here uh, momentarily here in this segment. We'll also talk some uh, Texas football. We'll also go behind the burnt orange curtain a little bit uh, and talk some Texas basketball, too. Some big news for Texas basketball. But you can be a part of the show, 512-337-3776. That's the number to the Specs text line. You also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at uh, Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. And my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Just that easy. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's start with, you know, we'll wait on the Masters update because I want you said a lot of a lot of the uh, golfers, not a lot, but some were on 17. Yeah. Give them some time to finish up and get But they ain't, they're not. They're not they're oh, really? It's not, yeah, yeah. not worth they're, the they're, waiting on yeah. them? Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. Max Homa is my guy, and okay. he just finished. And right. let's see. No, he's not finished. He's on 17. Roy McElroy is on 17, and Tommy Fleetwood is on 16. All right. So it's so not. Speed is, is Speed done too? Speed just shut it down. He too. just He's shut done. it down too. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. We'll give you a master's update in about five minutes. We're going to see if we can uh, get the leaderboard set uh, for the first date at the Masters, uh, and then we'll uh, give you an update there. Let's talk uh, a little Texas sports uh, while we got some time here because a couple of updates, and we'll get to some Texas spring football nuggets here in just a second. Uh, but one of the things that got Targe excited yesterday. Actually, it broke during the show uh, that the Big 12, Big East showdown uh, that they have uh, that Texas is taking part in uh, as a result of the uh, the 2023 Big East, Big 12 battle. John Rothstein released the matchups for the Big East, Big 12 battle, and Texas will indeed be playing Marquette. Mm-hmm. So somebody understood the assignment. Uh, Texas <laughs> played Marquette, of course. Shaka Smart, former Texas coach, is the head coach there at Marquette. And Marquette had a hell of a season, actually. Yes, they did. Um, and, hell, ended up beating the national champion. 
twice. UConn twice, too. Yep. <laughs> but uh, fell short, obviously, in the NCAA tournament. But that's a great headline, Harge. And talk about storylines galore. Texas uh, playing up against Shaka Smart and Marquette. Not only are they going to be a highly ranked college basketball team, they'll be top 10 team somewhere yep. around there, uh, but also the storyline of getting to play Shaka once again. Shaka, who also was a national uh, AP Coach of the Year this past season, too. So Shaka's got an, a Coach of the Year award as well from this season. They were they won the Big East title. They were a number two seed. Yes, they fell short. But one thing is for sure, Shaka can coach. And now they have an opportunity to play the University of Texas again at home in Milwaukee at uh, Marquette University. So Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be really cool for, for Texas. I haven't looked at, like I said, looked at the – non-conference schedule for next year, but uh, I imagine it's going to be a tough non-conference, especially now adding Marquette to that. And not only that, Texas will play UConn this year in the mm. Empire, whatever, it, in, at the Madison Square Garden. Oh, that's right. That's they will point. be, they will be in the same tournament. I don't know if they're going to play, play each them, other. In the same tournament. Yeah, for sure. And here's on that matchup of these teams, and that's going to be December the 5th, by the way. Texas will play Marquette on December the 5th. But UConn plays at Kansas, Texas at Marquette. University of Houston will play at Xavier, which now is part of the Big 12. University of Houston, that is, that coming is, into this season. Right. Uh, Villanova will play K-State. St. John's will play West Virginia. Creighton will play Oklahoma State. Uh, Providence will play OU. Iowa State will play DePaul. Texas Tech at mm. Butler. TCU at Georgetown and Seton Hall at Baylor. Uh, speaking of Baylor, um, there is a Texas-related story. I guess it's a college ball, college basketball-related story more than anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, the guard, L.J. Cryer uh, for Baylor, is in the transfer portal, reportedly, or he will be uh, in the transfer portal. That comes from ESPN. And there are a ton of schools interested in L.J. Cryer, as there should be, and uh, Texas was also mentioned uh, mm-hmm. a- among other schools that are going to be interested in L.J. Cryer. Uh, you pointed out, though, Texas probably not going to be the favorite no. to acquire L.J. Cryer, not even in the Big 12. Not <laughs> even in the Big 12, yes. Jerome Tang, the head coach over at K-State, who a lot of people believe should have been the coach of the year because of what he was able to do Phenomenal with job. that K-State basketball team. He seems to be the favorite at K-State for L.J. Cryer because he did recruit L.J. Cryer to Baylor when he was on the staff with Scott Drew. So uh, he's been he was around that program for a very long time, finally got his shot, and now it looks like he may be rebuilding again because uh, Marquise Noel – has been he's going to be trying out for the NBA mm-hmm. as well. He's going to try to see what he gets back on his report for the NBA draft. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, interesting too. But yeah, it, it, no matter if they get LJ Cryer or not, Texas will be very busy in the transfer portal. Everybody has to be busy in transfer portal. It give it and it take it away. And if you're not busy in the transfer portal, you ain't doing your job. You're not doing your job <laughs> these and, days. And a name to pay attention to: not only LJ Cryer <laughs> is Max Abmus. Abmas, I think is his name. He's a where's uh, he from? He's from Oral, Oral Roberts. Okay, uh, average twenty one point nine points a game, four rebounds, and four assists. He's a guard, long guard that is uh, 
being looked at a lot by a lot of different teams. Texas Tech is in the mix for him as well because don't forget they have a new basketball coach at Texas Tech also. Yeah, they do. Um, hoping for, yeah, hoping for a resurgence, Texas mm-hmm. Tech basketball. Um, all right, so uh, a couple of basketball nuggets there. I want to talk a couple of uh, spring football uh, topics while we have a chance. Rob, see. let's give a quick update oh, just so because ahead. the time is hitting uh, that Texas basketball or Texas baseball is postponed today. Yep. Thank uh, you, just Pastor. so if you're yeah. tuning in right now to check out the pregame for Texas baseball, uh, it has been rescheduled. Tomorrow will start at uh, 6.30, 6.15 pregame. Yep. Saturday is now a 2.30 game with a 2.15 pregame, and Sunday is a 1 p.m. game with a 12.45 pregame. That will be making up today's game on Sunday. Uh, all right. Thank you for that, Patrick. We appreciate it. And um, are you still working some this weekend? Or you not know? We're working on the, okay. on the schedule. All right. All right, there We're you working go. on that schedule. <laughs> working on that schedule. That's right. Uh, all right. Let's um, let's jump to Texas football here just a second because uh, we are really close to the Texas spring game as well. And there's been a lot of talk lately about Quinn Ewers. And I even uh, heard uh, an Inside Texas report, and it was a great Eric Nileen, I believe, and Bobby Burke. Um, they did a really good job talking about the development of Quinn Ewers and how really Quinn Ewers offseason this spring has been really consistent um, and that there hasn't been a lot to report on because of the consistency of it. And what you want, what you want from a young player, what you didn't have last year from Quinn Ewers was what I call that baseline of the of productivity, where he had that consistency. You saw the flashes, kind of a roller coaster. You saw the flashes, so you saw the ceiling, but you also saw the basement of Quinn mm-hmm. Ewers at time. And what you want to see is more of that baseline. And from some of the reviews, and we even have uh, my man Corey Mose. Shout out to Corey Mose. Corey at underscore Mose in the Twitterverse, um, he put together a little montage of the players who had a, a availability, I believe today, after their uh, practice, and it was uh, Jay Witt, uh, Jade Barron, uh, I believe J- Jatavian Sanders was in this group as well. So it's more, it's like three or four different guys, and it's a montage, but they're all talking about Quinn Ewers. Um, and there are a couple of very insightful uh, comments from uh, these guys that I want to discuss. But here's the clip first uh, via Corey Moe. So shout out to him of the players, a lot of the leaders on the team talking about Quinn Ewers and his development this spring. I've been trying to get a pick from Quinn, trying to get a pick. And I was supposed to have one today. I see him. It's a little bit late. But now nah, uh, Quinn, he's improved. Um, his confidence, his confidence went way up. You can tell that he's he's came a long way learning like the defense and knowing what we're defense and playing, even if we're disguising on him. I think getting arched definitely made Quinn step up his game for sure. Just being somebody that you really, really like got a lot of faith in, you know, he's He's a guy that I really I got a lot of trust in. He does a good job of looking off the safeties, and I can tell you, done came a long way. You can just tell Quinn is in a different mode this year. The way he carries himself, the way he comes to the facility, he he, he started to be more of a leader. Uh, and I'm, I'm loving the, I'm loving the way he's stepping up for sure. Okay, my favorite comments are made. Like I said, it was uh, it was a collage, if you were a montage. So shout out to at Corey at Corey underscore Mose M O S E does a great job, and I'd recommend a follow for anybody out there. Uh, does a great job working with K View, and it was either Jade no, it was it was actually Jaron Thompson, I believe it was yep. at toward the end. Uh, Jade Barron's in the clip too, but he's at the beginning talking about that he wants to pick off Quinn Ewers, which is funny. Uh, but Jaron Thompson talks about him learning how to read a defense. And kind of breaking down the disguise, uh, pre-snap disguise that teams have been throwing at him. I'm sure they were throwing at him a lot during the spring. Remember last year, that was one of his big issues. You remember his coming out party that first quarter versus Mm -hmm. Alabama. 
Everybody's like, oh, man, this guy's unbelievable. Hell, they're, they're writing stories in pro football folks and ESPN about, all right, he's going to be a top 10 draft pick and all, you know, all this kind of stuff. Obviously, the, the, it, I w- it was a little bit premature to crown that way. I, he got, he's got that kind of potential. We all know yep, that. Yep. But it was premature because watching that Bama game, what people didn't realize was that Nick Saban, who's one of the greatest defensive minds ever, his favorite and he believes the most effective coverage is just playing cover one, just flat out man coverage. And it is probably the best and most effective coverage, especially going up against an RPO based offense like Texas. But not everybody can play man to man coverage across the board. You got to have some real dogs to do it, which is why Ohio State, LSU, Bama does it. Not a lot of teams are going to play man to man all the damn time like those teams do. And when they're going up against a quarterback who hadn't played football in a year, who's a, a freshman basically, they're. Basically, Nick Saban wanted to test him. He was going to try him. Hey, if you mm-hmm. got a golden arm and you're supposed to be the highest rated quarterback prospect, yeah, of all yeah. time, the prince that was promised, let's see it. And he didn't bother with pre snap shell disguise. He didn't bother with trying to confuse and discombobulate a young quarterback. No, they just lined up and figured, we're going to play man to man and see if this guy can make all the throws. Well, he made most of them damn throws. He made, he made one them all of them. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Bama learned, like, yeah, you got to get in this guy's head. And after that, team started getting in his head. You got to force him to process, not only make a pre-snap read, but also process and make a post-snap diagnosis. So whatever he saw at pre-snap cannot match what he saw at post-snap. And every team did that. And what happened to that golden arm? Uh, it didn't look so golden. Look right. more like it was bronze or silver because he no matter the golden arm is not going to save you from bad processing. All right, up top in terms of your it football IQ, like it was gold plated. Gold plated, I like that. <laughs> uh, and bad feet, bad footwork. Oh man! All right, so the footwork is getting cleaned up this spring. That's perfect. They're going to clean up the process, and so he'll be processing things a little bit quicker. The yep. football IQ and acumen that's going to accelerate in terms of its improvement, and then the golden arm can shine through. But I don't give a damn how good your arm is; it ain't going to save you from making a bad read, and it ain't going to save you from throwing with bad feet. Right. And those are the things that haunted him last year. And I love that Jaron Thompson's the two things Jaron Thompson said about him was he's moving the safety with his eyes mm-hmm. and then he's making better pre-snap reads and di- and post-snap diagnosis. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what, what I got from it. Right. And, and, and I think you're spot mm-hmm. on. And the beautiful thing about it is when you're that talented, let's just be honest. If you come in and you put in the work, you're going to see improvement. No doubt. Because it is there. He, he couldn't be a five-star if the talent was not there. And I think the point that was made when he didn't get a chance to work when he was at Ohio State. When you come in late, you have no camaraderie with the team, and you really don't want to be there. You really didn't want to go to Ohio State. You truly wanted to be at the University of Texas. That's why when you entered the portal, everybody knew you were coming back to the University of Texas. You missed your entire senior year. Mm -hmm. And I heard Jeff talk about this. Uh, Jeff Howell, Light the Tower with Craig Way, 10 to 12 right here on 104.9 The Horn. He was talking about the fact that you were dealing with the hernia too. So you were coming off all that when you were at that place and you couldn't play. And then you get to the University of Texas. We all expected a lot from you, and you get thrown into the fire. You look good, but you were getting mm-hmm. away with so much because you were blessed with that golden arm. Yeah, you thought it was it was going to be that easy. You went up against Alabama, and you're like, oh yeah, 
I'm th- I'm slanging this thing across the field. When I come back from my injury, I'm going to just come back and just be able to do the same thing. Well, no, the game changed. The speed of the game was different. And the he fact did that at you, first because it was Oklahoma. Right. Oh, yeah. Very good point. Very good point about Oklahoma. <laughs> you caught them at their lowest yeah. point, and then yeah. after that, they That's changed when everything little, started yeah. changing a lot. Yeah. So. I I I'm I was expecting this from Quinn to be perfectly honest with you because I'll give you credit you kept saying you can't work on the footwork stuff during the season it's just tough. you can as an individual you can in group mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you got to get your game plan you got so many things that you're going to be working on but for him he had that opportunity. He changed it, shaved his beard off, changed his look, <laughs> shaved no his hair, mullet. got no more no. mullet. I mean, he's he's coming about that work, changed his body. Everybody kept talking about how his body looks different. He's lost too. some weight. Right. And he's it's more cut up. Yeah, he's you more know lean what I'm right so, now. And that's you know, that's your quarterback. So yeah. that's our quarterback. That's so quarterback. yeah, that's that's what he wanted to be. And he wanted people to understand, no, nah, this ain't this ain't a facade. I'm here to work. I did see point part where he said, um, Jatavian Sanders said, well, I think Arch being here made him step up his game. And I'm like, I mean, I mean, every competition is important. It is. And he knows it, too. He's a five-star. He knows what that looks like. Well, honestly, I think Arch, I think it got Malik. Right. Move. Everybody's I think, on I think it stepped Malik up because Malik, you know, I, I love like, my, my foot. He's like, my don't hurt no more. But, yeah, you can't make the club <laughs> in the tub. All of a sudden, right. Arch Manning comes on campus. Uh, nationally, everybody's talking about Arch Manning, Quinn Ewers competition. And Malik's got to be thinking to himself, well, what the hell? I'm still no. I, I chopped liver. I'm still here, and I and whether he was hurt, uh, you know, I know he was hurt dealing with it. But I think mentally, um, he took a step in the right direction too when Arch Manning came on campus because I think everybody understood the um, the the new situation in the quarterback room. Yep. That if you do not perform, then they're gonna give this guy a chance right sooner rather than later. If he if if Arch Manning plays sooner than later, then that is y'all fault. Yep. Because that means y'all can y'all can hold them off yep. in the competition, and I think everybody agrees it's Quinn's job to lose. Um, but but the fact that Malik is second string now is also a big step. No doubt. Remember, everybody thought Arch Manning, even myself, thought Arch Manning. Oh, he'll end up being the backup because I don't know if Malik can stay healthy. Well, Malik is saying, well, I'm I'm gonna be healthy. I'm here. I'm going to be healthy. That's so, right. Uh, I do. I That's think right. Arch Manning has made a huge uh, impact already uh, just with the the mentality, with the culture of those guys, too. Uh, one quick story real quick I want to get to uh, before we get to the NBA stuff. Um, Bob Stoops was uh, recently on a podcast, and they were throwing around an idea that I have actually brought up a couple of times uh, on the radio a few years ago. And it was basically something to replace the traditional spring game, which might end up being the most irrelevant football game that anybody ever plays, which is a spring game. Uh, But they want to replace it with spring exhibitions, uh, which is something that I I, it was being considered years ago. And then for some reason, it lost steam. And I think a lot of things lost steam with COVID. But here is Bob Stoops when he was asked about whether replacing spring games with spring exhibitions against other teams would be a better alternative. Here's Bob Stoops. I'd love it. I'd love it. And if not for the spring game, I'd be all for that spring game or give us one during any time during the, uh, you know, during the spring that we can just meet up and have a day where we have our own, you know, uh, game. But uh, I think it's a great idea. You get tired of just going against yourself and, uh, you know, make it fair to everybody that it's, 
you can you can share it across the country, whatever. You know, everyone gets to see it or see the tape of it. But I think uh, I think most places would be in favor of that. Now, Harge, most spring games are regulated anyway to to yeah. obviously keep guys from getting hurt, to limit injuries. They don't want guys going to the ground, you know, even to the point where they'll blow the whistle when you thud up a guy instead of taking him down to the ground yep. and hitting him. Um, I honestly don't see anything wrong with a exhibition scrimmage with Texas State or with UTSA. Well, I can't say UTSA. Yeah, you play them, so no UTSA. But you know what I'm talking about, though? North Texas, whatever it may be, instead of going up against your own squad, and I guess maybe embarrassment would be an issue because you don't want your your players to get embarrassed like that. You're going to have the the, the game on national TV and then have them outplayed during that scrimmage exhibition. I get that. But for the fans, I don't see any downside of it, really. Well, I think it would be more like what Patrick got a chance to, what Texas did before when they played Arkansas in that closed scrimmage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Do it like that. Yeah, close it. Yeah, close the scrimmage and let nobody see it, but you can have it on tape. And if you want to, like a LHN or something like that, if you have your regional type of deal, you say no fans, no nothing, but everybody can watch it on closed caption or whatever. Then you can control what people exactly. see. Exactly. And you control what gets exactly. out and what doesn't. That's, exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. Pick, pick Preview. I don't care. Just pick any program. Yeah. Oh, you know what? They said they want to help out the lower tier schools now that they What's are the monopolizing all the talent and Which stuff. Which one is in the system? Yeah, though? so go find your sister schools or whatever that UT are in the Permian system. Basin. Whatever it may be. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, then play them. They love it. They love the free exposure. Yep. And they love their players to get a chance to play against some top level top-notch level talent and as a challenge for your player you know i'm gonna be out there trying to go hard against what? the fools oh yeah. you know when you're going yeah. against somebody else different jersey exactly. oh it's a whole different mentality and i think that's what bob Sue was talking about yeah you do get tired of seeing the same guys all the time and i do wonder if that'll catch on at one point it was a thing like i said there were a few schools that did it maybe like seven eight years ago maybe even more than that it might be 10 because i'm getting a little bit older so maybe like 10 years ago they did it um but then it stopped and lost momentum and i wonder now if you'll start seeing it come back um teams decide to play more exhibition scrimmages instead of those you know, you know, traditional spring games mm-hmm. all right we come back we got nba news notes and nuggets oh take that back let's do a, let's do a let's do a master's preview uh so <laughs> let's just do a master's update real yeah, quick yeah, <clears throat> yeah. let's get our <clears throat> let's get our golf force ready to go here <clears throat> Can't be talking in normal voice. You cannot. Let me get the master's update going good here. All right. <clears throat> you ready here? Hearts, you got the I'm ready. You got there we go. Thank you, Patrick, for getting the music ready there. Hello, everyone. Yes. It's hardball hearts. This will be brought to you by Blue Chew. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can't just be dropping Blue Chew endorsements like that. They gotta okay. pay for stuff yeah, like that. That is true. This is not brought to you by Blue Chew. Um, Victor Howland. As we talked about before, he is on the leaderboard. He is tied at number one with minus. He's at minus seven with John Rahm and Brooks Kepka. Kepka. Cameron Young, United States Cameron Young, is at fourth. With tied for fourth at minus five with Jason Day, Shane Lowry, mm. Xander Shoffley, Adam Scott, Gary Howland, Sam Bennett, the the rookie, the amateur, mm. is holding his own at minus four, tied. With Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler? Yes, and Sam Burns. Then you have to look for Jordan Speed. Jordan oh. Speed tied for 13th That's at nice. minus three. Mm-hmm. Justin Thomas, who everyone thought was going to make a run today, did not. He did <laughs> not, folks, but he is at minus two. Hey. Uh, Tiger Woods, he's plus 
too. Don't forget about Cameron Smith and Cameron. One of those live guys. Oh yeah, we definitely got to drop down to live guys. To Brooks Kepka is one of those guys. Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed He's playing one well. And how about Phil Mickelson? He's hanging around. Why not? He's, he's loitering. The Hollywood Hogan of this <laughs> live crew. Can we give a Hollywood Hogan uh, in in Master's voice? <laughs> oh, oh brother, yeah, brother. I'm gonna. Sink oh, that yeah. tea, buddy. My vitamins and say my prayers. I love that. Yes. Hargis Hogan had a little macho man I mean, savage. Yeah. As I was saying it, I oh, thought yeah. I was a macho man. We're gonna, oh, yeah. we're gonna put the ball real good. <laughs> yeah, dig it. That was an awesome macho man. Sorry, my voice shouldn't be that high. But the master, that was a great macho man, Patrick. Yeah, that is the master. Oh, yeah. Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> is with Tiger Woods at plus two. Ooh. He's another live guy. That's ugly. They had one casualty today, and what I mean by casualty is a withdrawal. Mm, Kevin so- Na, who is on the live tour, he realized I don't have to play because I've got live money. <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. <laughs> Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> exactly. I have money now. I have money now. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. All right, there you go. Masters update. Um, so if you're looking at the uh, leaderboard and which one of the live guys who is the that the NWO of this um, this Masters here? It would be Brooks Kepka. Yep, he's tied for first at seven under. Remember, I told you yeah, what I said yesterday. What I told you, I said I like Kepka. I said I yep. like Kepka. No doubt. All, all the live guys said, no, nah, I think I like Kepka. He's playing well, and my my wish is that I'm not rooting for the for I'm not rooting for the bad guy in the movie. But I do think for golf, it would be really, really intriguing down the stretch if this live tour with these natural villains now in this live tour, if one or two of them are in it late down the stretch this weekend, I think it would be fantastic. Because you got Greg Norman who's basically deciding, he's telling people they're going to celebrate on the 18th green as a, as oh, a crew, yeah. NWO style. You got you know Brooks Keppel who's got a little a-hole in him. He's a little bit angry about how people have been talking bad on him since he went to the Live Tour. You know if he wins, he's going to throw it in everybody's face. He might decide to take off his shirt on the 18th grade. He might do something wild like that. It could happen. So I'm just rooting for petty, little petty chaos at the yep, Masters. You're, gonna, you're definitely going to get it. That's all, a little, little petty. Yep. It, it helped out the, the women's national title game tremendously. And I think you can do the same thing for golf. So let's just hope that the Live guys make it interesting. And uh, right now, I'm a little surprised, though, that Mc- McElroy, uh, Rory McIlroy is not doing better. He's also another guy I picked yep. to win it. And I was wrong about that. Well, yeah, at least I for was now. part of that, too. At least for now, I'm wrong about it. But uh, Masters, obviously, continues this weekend. Um, we'll get you another Masters leaderboard update before we get out of here. All right, coming back, we got a couple of NBA news notes and nuggets. The Lakers are now a favorite of a lot of NBA pundits to make a run and win it all. We'll discuss that on the other side as well. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful down On 104.9 The Horn, it is a new theme Thursday, but the new theme for Thursday is a 512 Friday because it's a Friday show for us, our last show before the holiday weekend. That's when Patrick plays songs from uh, bands, very talented artists and human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is The Point, and they're playing Friday at ABGB. 
All right, there you go. Uh, if you missed uh, any of these suggestions from my man Patrick, always doing a great job, and you want to look cool in front of all your friends, uh, you can go to hornfm.com and you can catch up with all of the suggestions for 512 Friday, which is the theme of New Theme Thursday, right there at hornfm.com. Uh, okay, so good news for Mavs fans. They uh, ended up keeping hope alive with a big win over uh, the Sacramento Kings. It's the only way they could keep hope alive. 123-119, and Kyrie Irving uh, was the uh, one to assert himself in the fourth quarter. He had 31 points, but 19 of those came in the fourth quarter. 12 points in the fourth quarter for Christian Wood. And the Mavs now have a 52% chance to be the 10th seed in the play-in, although they're tied with Oklahoma City right Right now, currently for that 10th seed, OKC does have the tiebreaker, but OKC is on a bit of a downward spiral, gentlemen. They've lost four straight uh, at this point. So uh, they've lost a lot of games. Um, and looks like the Mavs, uh, they're not winning a ton of games, but uh, they're winning enough to try to keep hope alive. But they got to win out, and they got to hope OKC, even maybe even Minnesota, because Minnesota's got... Uh, San Antonio, New Orleans stuff. If they slide too, that could also end up helping. But right now they're tied with OKC. They don't have the tiebreaker though. OKC does. That's the tough. That's yeah. the tough part right there. You put yourself in this position though. Yeah, you did. You, I mean, you've you've set yourself up for failure when all of this started to happen and the moves that you were making and and some of the things that Patrick touched on earlier about how Jason Kidd has gone about his business. You're, he's a defensive-minded coach. They're not playing any defense. They're giving it up on both ends. And obviously, you know, Kyrie has been a difference maker, and everybody keeps saying he's been a loyal contributor to this team. He's done everything possible to help this team move forward. Luka, uh, not so much sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Even though both of them have played well last night. And it was a big win for them playing against Sacramento, who just won the West for the first time ever. You know, I mean, for the first time in a long time. I'm not going to say ever. First time in a long time. So, for them to go out there and play as well as they did. But the biggest part of this is you put yourself in this position. There were so many games midway through the season that you lost. And the the relationship numbers seem to be against what your success rate has been, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of teams are obviously fighting for the play-in right now. Um, yeah. The Mavs, I don't know if they're going to be able to make a run because they are – Flawed, very much so, as you just brought up, especially defensively. Oh my goodness! Um, and but they, I mean, I tell you one one thing they do really well, and they've been doing really well all year long, and not all year long since the trade, I should say. The three pointers. Yep. They they made twenty three pointers. I mean they they are right now. They've made twenty three pointers for the fifth time this season mm-hmm. since acquiring Kyrie Irving last year. The entire season they had three such games where they made twenty plus three pointers. And they're averaging around over 16 three-pointers made per game since, or at least near 16 three-pointers made per game since acquiring Kyrie Irving, which was right up there toward the top of the NBA. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, all, that's really the only thing they do really, really well right now with Kyrie Irving and Luka. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, those guys can both drive the paint and are really good passers. And so if you're all trying to spread the court, those guys can get in the paint. The entire defense has to collapse on them. Because you have to respect either one of them, the ability to score in the paint. And if you collapse on them, they're going to find the open guy and hit him. And most of Dallas's guys can shoot threes. Yeah. So that game plan's all good. The problem starts, the problem begins on the other end of the court 
when you have all of those same guys who just want to shoot threes and none of them want to be three and D guys. They just want to be three guys. <laughs> yeah, no three and D guys, just the three right. guys. I like the way you put that. Uh, the Lakers, uh, real quick, guys. Um, they lost to the Clippers in the battle. But by the way, they had, LeBron hasn't beaten the Clippers in a long time. I think they're eleven and zero. They've won eleven straight games. The Clippers have beat the Lakers eleven straight games. That is unbelievable. And Russell Westbrook Uncanny. was That's letting weird. him know about it the entire game last <laughs> was night. Was he giving him the business? Oh my gosh, <laughs> talking trash, and he was playing like a man possessed. He's been playing well. He's been playing since real that well. Trade. And yeah. the Lakers are actually doing well since the trade. They're doing better. They are. Since they're the doing trade. better. Uh, but there are a lot of people picking him to win it all now. Yeah, I mean, Russell Westbrook for the Lakers was a terrible, terrible fit in the case that they went from maybe they'll make the play-in to, oh, they're in the playoffs. Like, they're not even going to have to worry about the play-in. Yep. And that was, that was I mean, a couple of good moves, bringing in some other guys, but getting rid of was Russell Westbrook was a very Addition big move. by subtraction. And then, of course, they go, man, Russell Westbrook, he really – he really lit us up. His line last night was 14.3 rebounds, 4 assists. It's a lot more talk than action. Norman Powell had 27 points in For that sure. game. That's a guy who did it, but they were Russell Westbrook still had to be like, look, look, I beat my team. Like, you played an okay game. <laughs> and he, and he, and you went 6 or 12. One. It's all right. Yeah. But you, yeah. Yeah, it's like you didn't do this. That's him in a nutshell. You, you had another guy on your team who went off. Yeah. And you got Kawhi as always. Yeah, and quite because and LeBron hates Kawhi. It's almost like we talked about with James He's Hart. his kryptonite. Oh yeah. yeah, he is Le- Le- LeBron's kryptonite. Oh, yeah. like, Every time he sees uh, uh, Kawhi, Kawhi, he's like, "Oh my God, here he comes." No, but it reminds me of what we talked about with James Harden in Philadelphia. We don't talk about James Harden, but he is contributing, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's been he's, he's a yep. really positive impact player for them now. And but he's actually been fine with not being the focal point of attention. Exactly. And Russell Westbrook, although contributing in a positive way, he said like he still wants to be a little folk of the focal yeah. point of attention. No, just he, last night for sure. Just like, yeah, exactly. For sure last yeah, night. Yeah, he still has to be and it's he'll have some good games, but you're like, that's not what you're supposed to that's be doing. That's not your role anymore. Like <laughs> it's not what you need to do for yeah. this team to win in the playoffs because if you start doing that in the playoffs against really good teams, it's gonna be a problem real quick when you all of a sudden go three for fourteen. Because you think, oh man, I'm getting, I'm getting, my, I've got my shot going. I'm hot. I got <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm hot. Uh, hey, how about that? Okay, real LeBron quick. LeBron was minus twenty five, uh, plus minus last night in the first half. He was minus twenty five, and he finished at minus ten. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. he still had 33 points. That sums it up right there. Yeah. The Lakers will never win with that. Yeah, exactly. Because he is their guy. He's, yeah. their, he's their straw that starts to drink. Uh, so Jay Williams, Chris Mannix, and now Nick Wright are all among the NBA analysts who believe that Lakers can make a title run. I'll just say, I'll just ask you guys, yes or no? Lakers can make a title run, can they? No. I, I no? mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to be healthy enough throughout it. I mean, you just have too many. Anthony, oh, saying, yes. uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James can stay on the court for the rest of the the, the rest. To the finals and and play long minutes. They yeah. they, they have like, been. They played. I mean, they have, right? I, I just he don't. Did, play he's back playing more. He's playing I, I know. I think they're playing well right now. I don't yeah. know if they're going to be able to do that playing in an intense style that the playoffs are, which is way more physical, and be able to go that when when guys know and they're sending guys out for you to bump you and to make your feet hurt. And LeBron's going to get his foot stepped on every single series at least twenty to thirty times because guys are going to be trying to hurt him and take him out of the game. Just yeah. what it is in basketball. Those little pest guys that you everybody hates unless they're on your team, that's what they do. Yep. Yeah, everybody needs them dudes. You uh, say he sets a screen, they can kick him in the foot. <laughs> you can kick him in the foot. That's your role, man. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll uh, wrap it up. Put it in the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful night in the horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I 
have some of your tasty beverage to wash. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's... That is... All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104. Now the horn, getting ready to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. Uh, before we get out of here, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. A uh, couple of things just really quickly. The baseball notes, essentially, if you did have plans to go to the game today, which was rescheduled, essentially that game will be played on Sunday. Correct. And everything else right now is on time as, for tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. As, on time, but I believe Saturday's games have been pushed back to a later start as well. Uh, 2.30. There you go. 2.30 so. on Saturday and 1 p.m. on Sunday. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much for that, Harge. Yep. Uh, all right. And it, I, I, if you want some updates on that, probably be best to check out hornfm.com. The 100%. I guarantee they'll keep you updated there as well. All right, uh, Harge, what's on tap for you this weekend, brother? I'm going to relax and enjoy the family for a change, man. You it's like, hard. Yeah, it's been a lot of grinding, and they've been on the road and doing things too, <laughs> so it's a good opportunity to chill. Going to try to go see the movie Air tomorrow. Yeah, you did say you was going to try to go gonna see try that. try to go see that tomorrow, and then... Uh, You're taking your, who are you going, yeah, family? Yeah, family. But I found out it was rated R. I didn't realize it's rated R. What what could be in it that's explicit? I don't know. Language? Cussing? Maybe it's that's what like it's, it's like nudity and sex scenes in the air. Because they mm-hmm. said Michael ain't even in it. Yeah. No, Spoiler. it's Michael's mama. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's Marcia Pippen. Exactly. <laughs> She's in there getting yeah. traded. Would that make her his daughter in law? She's Lars, everywhere. Larsa Pippen's in there, like, you think you want to have some kids someday? Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Patrick, what's on tap for you, brother? Uh, you know, so get a little rest in, go see the family for Easter, and have a good weekend. Not, yes. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, How about yeah. yourself, my brother? Uh, I'm going to hang out with the family a little bit for Easter, but I'm going to start doing some, I'm going to start watching some film for Texas. I'm doing some of my spring football review, so I'll have tons of stats. I had an extra day to like do some research, so tons of football stats getting ready for the spring game next yeah. week, too. So oh, yeah. I'll be doing some deep Man, dives. that's so, right. It's already here for it's us. It's here. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, right. basically what? It's next weekend, it's correct? It's next Sunday. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So I mean, next, next Saturday. Saturday. Next Saturday, Saturday yeah. Yeah, yeah, so basically next week I'll have a ton of football-related stats and stuff to get into. So that'll be fun. Um, all right. Uh, also, uh, to, oh, well, uh, we're getting out of here now. But I also remind everybody tomorrow we're off. That's right. We right, are we don't off. Be, we're not back till Monday. Uh, so please enjoy your weekend and uh, please be safe out there. Uh, remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball. Don't lie. We love you guys. We do mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Shout out to my man, Harge and Patrick. Thanks for everything you guys do. Happy Peace. Easter. Happy Easter.